Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700. Welcome to Northwest Racing, our podcast from Emerald Downs. Joe Withy and Vince Brune, our first of hopefully many to keep people informed on Northwest horse racing at Emerald Downs and uh, points elsewhere. Vince, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Um, excited to be here as we get closer towards our 2020 racing season here at Emerald Downs. That's right. Uh, 2020 is going to be a year remembered by all of us on this planet Earth uh, for various reasons and a little bit irregular things happening on down the line, as we well know, and here at Emerald Downs as well. But we've got racing on the horizon, Vince, and uh, uh, go over the uh, schedule as it is. Yes, um, we look to have 44 days Beginning on uh, June 22nd, going through October 4th. Uh, initially, we'll be going twice a week. Um, at this time, we're thinking Monday and Tuesday. But then, as we get to Phase 4 here in Washington, we can go back to the traditional Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And uh, with spectators, fans allowed on the track. So uh, excited to have that news. And then also, we have announced a 2020 stake schedule. 16 races worth 720000 in purses, highlighted by... The 85th Long Acres Mile on Saturday, September 13th. That just sounds a little funny, doesn't it, Joe? Well, you excuse know, me, Sunday, September 13th. Sunday, September 13th, which would be the, uh, I think it's the latest date in mile history. And, you know, here at Emerald Downs, just a little aside, we've been uh, backing up the earliest date in mile history yeah. for about five years in a row. But uh, nonetheless, the mile will be in effect this year in September. We're going to talk about some mile horses in a moment, but... Uh, the stake schedule you mentioned, uh, there's going to be some prep races before the mile in all divisions, uh, Northwest uh, two-year-old series going well, and closing day is going to be big as usual, October 4th. Closing day, we'll have uh, a couple of the uh, Washington Cup races, one for older horses and uh, one for fillies and mares, and then the Gottstein Futurity, um, which will be our second richest race behind the mile, the mile 100, and the Gottstein will be 60 this year. So we'll go out with a flourish. The first stakes are for two-year-olds, the Angie C and the Emerald Express on uh, Sunday, August 4th. So uh, we'll get rolling here a little belatedly, just like the rest of the industry. But yeah, it's it's fun to actually be talking about horses and races oh. and all that again. You bet. 
Northwest Racing Podcast. Thanks for joining us here, our first of hopefully many shows. Uh, speaking of the shows, the Win Place show, it uh, not scheduled right now on KJR. Of course, we've been on uh, KJR at 9.50 a.m. in Seattle since 1996. But uh, without fans at the track, Vince, there isn't a ton to promote other than what you just said, basically, what days we're racing and post times. Well, we've been watching that around the country, too. You know, Santa Anita, Golden Gate, uh, Gulfstream, uh, Oakland had a tremendously successful uh, season. It's not optimal, obviously, but, you know, um, horses have been in training, a lot of them here since February 1st. So it's, it's... you know, the horsemen they, and the owners, uh, they need to start running for some purse money. And just watching around the country, these tracks have been handling pretty well that have been going without spectators. Hopefully we can do that as well and get some nice field size and uh, get that going. You're talking about handling races, handling purse, or handling money, dollars, wagering dollars. Yeah. Go to firstbet.com and sign up if you don't have an account. That's what's going on. That's how tracks are getting revenue, paying purse money. And uh, paying expenses right now, uh, ADW's advanced deposit wagering companies, including FirstBet.com, which is the old Express or the new Express Bet. So fund your account with your credit card, and you can wager off that. And every one of them has the opportunity to watch whatever race you're watching live. Uh, correct. That's correct. Yeah, I use the TVG app, but I'll also get the first.com one. And it's great. Yeah, it's easy, super easy to make a deposit or a withdrawal and to watch all the races live. So uh, some of us, you know, getting a little older, a little, you know, (laughs) technology challenge, but I can assure everyone it's really simple and, and fun. And uh, if you have a Washington address, which uh, many of our listeners will and do have, um, Emerald Downs and local horse racing will benefit by you making your wagers with your Washington address and your account. Uh, The money is split up between uh, Washington people. When you wager, say you make a bet on a Churchill Downs race or a Santa Anita race, they get part of the revenue, those tracks. The ADW gets part, and then Washington Racing gets part as well. And uh, as you mentioned, there's been some enormous handles. <laughs> I know Oakland handled $40 million on their closing day. Gulfstream's approached $40 million on a given day. Yeah. So there is revenue out there. And Emerald Downs has been accruing money for, purse, yeah. for purses uh, ever since uh, uh, we closed down our grandstand building in early March. Right. And that's why a handle is so important, because that helps generate the purses and the bigger the purse the more the owners and trainers and everyone gets in their return on investment so it's really critical to uh, fund those purse accounts so you bet so june 22nd uh scheduled for our opening day a monday and uh we will not be open here in the grandstand you won't be able to bet at the quarter shoot cafe the way the phase system is in effect right now in washington state you won't be able to bet at any of the satellite facilities so you need to open up that and fund your adw um Emerald Downs, without any fans here, it's not uh, cost-effective to have Autotote come in and turn the, the system on. It just is, there just won't be enough action. So ADW is how you'll wager for several weeks here at Emerald Downs until the next phase kicks in. Until we get to uh, phase four, and then we can get uh, everyone back on track. And, uh, you know, one thing uh, Phil is, Ziegler, our track president, has emphasized, and you and I feel strongly about you know, we can still have a good season because 
here in the Pacific Northwest, the good weather months are just ready to kick in. Mm-hmm. So uh, we can still have a great on-track experience, hopefully, in uh, part of July, August, and even in, into September. Quite often one of the nicest months of sure. the year here in the Seattle area. So still, you know, we could still have a pretty good season, and I, I really feel that. Okay. Joe Withy, Vince Brune. Uh, Wes Petrie, our producer, our marketing director, he has got a lot of experience with this stuff. He's getting us uh, onto your favorite uh, spot for podcasts, Wes. And uh, congrats oh, to Wes too for uh, you know since we last convened here that's right. last year, Wes is now our marketing director. So yep. big thumbs up. You bet. So yeah, not a huge workforce at Emerald Downs right now, but we're uh, we're getting uh, some of our employees back. Actually, Vince and I just started. Uh, a week ago, Monday, and uh, we were off for a while. Um, one thing I didn't do during that uh, six weeks or so, Vince, was get a haircut. How, yeah. about, you? How about you? Well, you know, I've got a uh, relative who can help me out in that regard, okay. so I've been pretty fortunate. But a lot of binge watching. I know Tiger King and Ozark on Netflix were both uh, a tremendous amount of fun for me, and I kind of got hooked on some stuff I normally would be the last person to watch. But, you know, we all had to kind of kill time on our own way, you know, and it's it's been a unique experience, that's for sure. Yeah, as far as sports, I found myself watching old games right? if I liked the outcome, which, of course, yeah. I knew the outcome. <laughs> if, if somebody, if a team uh, won that I didn't really root for or didn't want to watch again, I wouldn't watch right. those. But if it, uh, so there was that. I pulled some weeds in my yard more than normal. Still got a long way to go there. But uh, <laughs> anyway, we're back at work and uh, looking forward to June 22nd. How about Emerald, Emerald Downs uh, horses and horsemen, Vince? Uh, uh, some of them are in action right now along around the West Coast. And of course, just tons of good horses uh, returning at Emerald Downs this year are already on the grounds. Well, yeah, uh, you know, our Long Acres Mile from last year uh, is is looking really good. Uh, the two of the top three finishers, Law Biden Citizen and Restrained Vengeance, in fact, were in action last weekend in California. Law Biden Citizen ran another fabulous race. Uh, he finished second, uh, this time beaten ahead by a Bob Baffert trained runner named Axeman. He did all the dirty work, led all the way and got tagged on the wire. But it was a fine effort. And Ron Glad, a Washingtonian trainer, from up here is doing fabulous down there. Restrained Vengeance, trained by Val Brinkerhoff, kind of had his coming out party in the mile last year. Yeah. Finished a bang up third at 29 to one, and uh, he won the All America uh, against a good field at Golden Gate uh, last week. So uh, those two can come back to the mile this year. That'd be a lot of fun. And and any port in a storm are, are defending horse of the meeting and. Uh, did everything but win the mile, a race you called last year, Joe. Um, he's been training steadily at Golden Gate Fields uh, for Blaine Wright. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Blaine also has the 2019 Washington Horse of the Year, Baja Sur, who will be up from the three-year-old ranks this year. And the older horses has been training real steadily and very well here in Emerald Downs. So uh, uh, I, th- I like the way the older horse division could be shaping up. Barkley, our Barkley. 2018 mile winner, has been rattling off some bullet works for Howard Belvoir. Now seven years old, that 10 for 18 lifetime, only ran here once last year. Be fun to see him back in action this year. Oh boy, Barkley uh, tied Noosa Beach's record as we keep a lot of different records here at Emerald Downs, uh, winning a stake race at ages two, three, four, and five. Yeah. And then he won his only start last year, as you mentioned, at age six. So yeah. uh, doing well, Barkley, a former Long Acres Mile champion, uh, just uh, looking forward to that older horse division for sure. And of course, Frank Lucarelli, who just uh, 81 wins last year and absolutely shattered yeah. our single season training record total. 
Yeah, he won uh, 81 to 40 in the final uh, standings. And, and remember, our, our meets are shorter now than they used to yeah. be when Tim McKenna uh, was winning those titles. You know, those were 100-day meets, 90-day meets, and all that. So Frank did that, 81 wins in 67 days. He had a day in September where he won the first five races on the card. Incredible. I mean, yeah. just amazing stuff, you know. So he had a, a sensational meet, and uh, Frank and Blaine are perennial Blaine Wright, our perennial leading stakes trainer, you know, uh, figures to have a strong presence here again this year, too. You bet. Blaine, uh, I think it's the last four seasons, has 32 stakes wins, and the next closest, I think, is Howard Belvoir with 15. So yeah. Blaine is just, uh, and of course, uh, been competing on a national level as well. So uh, they both have uh, stables getting ready here at Emerald Downs and, and in action on the West Coast, mostly Golden Gate. Um so the Long Acres Mile Vision you went over, uh, two-year-old races are in the first condition book. I know there's a two-year-old extra on opening day and another two-year-old race for our second day. Um, I did write down Gold Rush Dancer, but on second thought, he, he will not have two-year-olds this year. He has uh, he has weanlings this year. Um, so they yeah. were he, he went to stud last year, so yeah. the gestation, they're all born this year. A lot of them, Nina Hagen, super excited. I'm sure John Parker is as well, because John uh, bred uh, several of his mares to Gold Rush Dancer, who does have the highest average earnings per start in Emerald Downs history for horses that have run five times or more, over 30000 wow. per start. Of course, he won the Gottstein and the Mile. Yeah, and he was a very handsome horse, and I got a chance to see him close up over at the Ross's farm over the, a couple years ago. And yeah, you saw him win at Del Mar live. I did. That was a fun yeah. day when he was fourteen to one. Yeah. I think it was the real good deal stakes. He went down the winter circle there. He was a very nice horse, you know. You and uh, he began as a two-year-old in Emerald Downs, as you said, winning uh, the Gottstein and then winning the Mile. That's a pretty unique uh, combination because a lot of times, you know, the transition to being an older horse can be a difficult one. So he did it as a young horse and also as an older horse. Northwest Horse Racing Podcast, our first show. And Joe Withy and Vince Prune here. And we're going to have some guests. In fact, John White is going to join us next week on our show. And uh, these... Podcasts will be available mostly on Friday, maybe Thursday afternoon. So just uh, check your schedule. And of course, you can subscribe to us and uh, get our weekly updates. Uh, the Quarter Shoot Cafe opened up last week, Vince. And of course, one of the popular spots in actually racing uh, history around here in the Western Washington. So right now you have to, you can order online and then pick your item up at the door that the actual restaurant is not open as of yet. Yeah. But look forward to the day when that everyone can go back in there. I've been to a lot of track kitchens around North America, Joe, and it is easily number one in my book. Um, it's just a fabulous place to uh, watch training and hang out. And, uh, even for simulcasting in the afternoon. So let's hope we can get back to that too pretty soon. But as you said, right now, it's takeout. Yeah, no no, no people inside. Just uh, put your order in and uh, you can pick it up. And they're open their regular hours early in the morning till 2 p.m. Joe and Sally Steiner back at the quarter shoot. Hey, the Triple Crown, a little different twist this year. Uh, the Kentucky Derby course missed its first Saturday in May. Churchill Downs running presently. Uh, Thursday through Sunday schedule with fantastic field size uh, on the back end of the Oaklawn meeting. And uh, how about that Triple Crown schedule, the Belmont Stakes first this year? 
Yeah, uh, as we've said, this is a unique year in a lot of ways. It'll take a little getting used to, but I've I'm taking an open mind toward it. I, I don't see how they could have really done it any other way once uh, Churchill Downs announced that the Kentucky Derby would be in September. So if you go the other way and the Preakness will be um, October 3rd. After that, yeah. So they kind of had to do it as the first one, or otherwise they risk bumping into the Breeders' Cup. But it's a mile and an eighth, and Joe, the, sh- the field is shaping up to be outstanding. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, it'll be a different triple crown, maybe an asterisk by it. I don't know, but you and I are racing veterans. We'll be able to judge, you know, where it stands historically. I'm sure John White will have some opinions on that, too. He keeps track of the three-year-old division pretty well. So uh, it'll be uh, interesting. Indeed. So June 20th for the Belmont Stakes, it'll be a mile and an eighth instead of the mile and a half because, uh, you know, to, to send your three-year-old a mile and a half right now uh, would be a difficult training feat and maybe the, not the best thing for your uh, individual. Uh, of course, when the Belmont is run, many of those horses have run a mile and a quarter, a mile and three sixteenths right. in the first two legs. So they, they've increased that stamina and uh, the distance uh, familiarity. So the Belmont, yeah, for me, if you win all three of them, you've won the triple crown. I got no problem with that. We all know it's a different year, but uh, there's been a lot of talk about that. So the Triple Crown, June 20th at Belmont. The Belmont Stakes followed by the Kentucky Derby on September 5th. And then on our closing weekend, uh, October 3rd, will be the Preakness. And, of course, the Breeders' Cup just about a month after the Preakness in uh, late. I don't have the dates of the Breeders' Cup in front of me, but it's always, of course, the last day of October or the first couple days of November. Hey, uh, we should do some handicapping. Um you know, that's part of the deal here. We both do that. And uh, Vince is going to be doing the morning line for Emerald Downs in the 2020 season. And you've done morning lines before. Um, I'll I'll go first here. I'm going to take a look at the Camilla Urso at Golden Gate, race number eight on Saturday. Five-eighths on the grass. Really uh, strong field in there. There's 10 entrants. And then there's four also eligibles as well, including... Mucho Amor, an Emerald Down Stakes winner, winner of the Seattle last year for owner Dave Moat and trainer Blaine Wright. Uh, Mucho Amor is the first horse on the also eligible. You know, um, we didn't see the morning line, and I didn't necessarily want to pick the favorite, but Vince, I ended up with the favorite, who is four to one, so that shows what kind of a race it is. Nothing, wrong, t- nothing wrong with four to one favorites. Yeah, her name is Storming Lady. It took her 10 races to break her maiden. And she was running in the money in a lot of turf sprints down in Southern Cal. She finally got that maiden win done. And now in her last 10 starts, she has five wins and two seconds. So she really turned her career around. Uh, What I like about her, she hasn't run at Golden Gate yet, but she's a turf horse. She's a turf sprinter. She's run well at Santa Anita. Loves Santa Anita. uh, Has run well at Del Mar. Shipped to Kentucky Downs last September. Ran a huge fourth, beating a neck in a 12-horse field. Um, She just had a nice workout uh, on the 23rd last Saturday. Kent DeSormo for Alfredo Marquez. She can ship around and run. She's a stalker closer, going five-eighths. Four-to-one morning line favorite, Storming Lady in the Camilla Urso, number seven 
in there with Kent DeSormo. And of course, uh, I'm a Happy Cat is in there, who is just a rocket ship up front for Dan Markle, owners Tim and Sue Spooner, another Emerald Down Stakes winner. Uh, she's got one other pretty fast filly to contend with in there, which usually happens in a 10-horse field. She would be no surprise for me. I would definitely include her in the exact as I'm a Happy Cat, number three, six to one morning line with Roberto Gonzalez, uh, who's been riding her regularly. So I'm going to go with uh, top pick Storming Lady in the Camilla Urso, eighth race at Golden Gate on Saturday. How about you? Oh, I like that pick. That's a great race. And yeah, I'm a big, I'm a happy cat fan. And yeah. she's a neat horse because she can run her race on dirt, turf, synthetic. She fires on all of them. The one thing she can't do is route, as we found out. But she's a real tough sprinter. And if she's in contention at the eighth pole, She's pretty live. She's pretty tough to get by. So uh, big fan of that horse. But yeah, I like your pick, Joe. That's an outstanding race. By the way, uh, I'm a happy cat was second in the Camilla Urso last year. To, to a really nice horse. S.Y. Sky. Yes. Who made uh, 350 grand last year, S.Y. Sky. So, okay. Uh, how about you? What are you looking at for this, uh, probably this weekend? Well, I went to uh, Santa Anita's card on Saturday, May 30th. Uh, fifth race is a five and a half furlong maiden special weight for Calbreds three and up on the turf and a full field of 10 with two also eligibles, kind of like your race, Joe. Mm -hmm. And I like a first time starter here at eight to one. Uh, Let's see. It's, I guess it'll be number four unless they have scratches. Rawhide Rollins, Um, uh, three-year-old Cope by street boss out of a dam, cherry gold. Who's by touch gold. Cherry gold has already produced six winners, including uh, three hundred and fifty thousand plus earners, Tatum's gold, little Grayson and macho Dorado. Uh, she's trained nicely at, uh, Los Alamitos and her two best drills were both out of the gate, um, uh, half mile and, uh, also a five eighths. Yeah. So, um, she's the two times they've asked her for run, she showed a lot of speed. So I think she'll break really nicely. Steve Miotti and, uh, Tiago Pereira, although they don't hook up a lot in the last eight years, they're 13 for 71 with 329 ROI. So, this trainer and owner have gone to this jock before, and he's produced for him. So yeah, that's a heck of an ROI. I, yeah, so uh, he flies a little under the radar, but he can get the job done. So I think Rawhide Rollins in a 10-horse field at 8-1 to one is pretty live in his first start on Saturday. Rawhide Rollins, 8-1 to one street boss, of course, a very capable sire. Good uh, turf sire, too. Good yeah. turf sire. Uh, he was a sprinter himself, but he's produced uh, very versatile horses, two-turn horses. So there's a good eight to one angle from Vince on uh, Saturday at Santa Anita, the fifth race there. Okay, there's a little handicapping from the Northwest Horse Racing Podcast. And, uh, you know, we're talking about horses and horsemen, Washington. Um, striking scholar, and uh, you do your research on broodmares as I do too. I think that's a, a really good part of handicapping yeah. to, to fill in some blanks. Striking scholar. The dam of Stryker PhD, uh, he is she is still going strong as Todd and Sean Hansen own Striking Scholar now, and they've got two active runners out of her in Southern California right now. They do. Um, one of them is a four-year-old named Striking Opposed by Majestic Perfection. And Joe, uh, a little earlier this winter, up in my office, we watched him debut mm-hmm. in a mile. Maiden special at Santa Anita and win at 26 to 1. Uh, earned an 83 buyer. Uh, came back um, last weekend and didn't fare so well, finishing eighth at uh, 10 to 1 in an allowance race at a mile. 
But, you know, he had an outside post and not, not the best of trips, didn't show the speed he had shown in his debut. So I look for him to bounce back. He's certainly already shown he can run. And the other one, No Slow Mo by Uncle Mo, who's $125,000 stud fee at the present, yeah. debuted in an extremely tough mile turf maiden special. Again, debuting in a route. He finished with a lot of run, uh, finished fifth in a 12-horse field, and actually galloped out with the winner there, a horse by the name of Haywood's Beach. Um, so I thought he ran pretty darn well in his debut, and certainly being by Uncle Mo, the talent should be there. So I look for a big effort for him next time out. No slow mo. Most definitely. Keep an eye on no slow mo. Boy, uh, you run two turns on the grass, your first career start. A big field, as you mentioned, 12. Just kind of got detached. Uh Vince and I are uh, subscribers into the second out improvement mode. Yeah. Uh, we really keep an eye on that. And uh, no slow-mo will be in the second time starter mode when he races again. And as you mentioned, he galloped out great uh, by Uncle Mo out of Striking Scholar, owned by the Hansons, and Mark Glatt, the trainer. So uh, they are the younger brothers of Striker PhD, who was legendary in Northwest racing. He'll be joining our Hall of Fame when uh, he is first eligible. He won eight consecutive stakes races, as uh, you uh, typed that name in quite a few times in your rap yeah. stories and your previews and your media guides. Striker PhD won the Washington Cup, his final start of 2013 after running second in the mile that year to Herbie D. Then he went three for three in 2014. He went four for four in 2015. Mile wins in 14 and 15. Eight consecutive stakes races. He won at Emerald Downs in the charge of first Margot Lloyd and then Larry and Sharon Ross. What a Washington legend. Um, here's a trivia question for you. And, uh, you can send us an answer at trivia at emeralddowns.com. Trivia at emeralddowns.com. Whose record did Stryker PhD tie when he won eight consecutive stakes races at Emerald Downs? Give us a name. Uh, he tied one other track. You might call it a great if a uh, horse wins eight consecutive stakes races. And uh, we'll continue our trivia uh, on for future shows. So, Striker PhD and Striking Scholar, boy, that name's still up in a, in a, in a, in front and center in Washington and, racing. And Joe, this isn't the answer to the question, but Striking Scholar also produced uh, a triple, another triple Washington Cup winner. Indeed. Uh, let's see. Starts with an M. Um, she won three times. Madame Pelé. Madame Pelé for the for Jim Penny, the late Jim Penny, and Kay Cooper had quite a run. Quite so, a run. And, of course, Stryker, Ph.D., won the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic three right. times. And so. this this is a, 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 a moniker I don't put on many broodmares, the blue hen. But she's striking oh. scholar is a blue hen. Anything she puts out there is going to be a classy and very talented runner. Boy. I mean, it's just amazing. So. Yep. Uh, great buy as uh, she was purchased at auction by the Hansons a few years ago. And who's the other one here, Joe? You talked about a lot over the years the the one up at uh, blue ribbon farm that's produced uh, a record amount of winners oh, peaceful wings peaceful wings 14 is, emerald downs winners yeah how about that i mean who's that, gonna beat that ever really no really i mean who nationally is gonna beat that that's, 14 wins at one track 14 different horses yeah. have won here at emerald downs and she has 15 winners overall. just an astonishing an accomplishment yeah you debbie know. pabst uh Got that daughter of Halo at a Kentucky sale. Uh, she actually ran here at Emerald Downs in 1996 and then um, 
just a tremendous, tremendous career. Yeah, breeders in the state have come up with some amazing runners over the years, haven't they, Joe? Yeah. You know, it's been kind of a rough year in a lot of ways. 2020, um, we have lost a lot of members of our industry this year, Vince, uh, through passings. And and so many of them have had just great long runs of uh, quality and production in our industry and others. recently Arturo Arboleda passed away you know he just moved to Florida and uh passed away at 96 boy you know for a guy at that age how robust was he the last uh, many many years very nice man Uh, he he was pretty close to uh, Eric Berry our simulcasting coordinator in fact he would always buy Eric's boys a uh, show ticket on his horses and as we all know Arturo when he'd win Joe there were some prices usually yeah. <laughs> he put out those 50. He didn't win a lot, you know, but he the last several years were his best years. I you know. know, he won a dozen races in 2017 at age 94. Fantastic. So. Fantastic. Yeah. And that, that, that kind of was really heartbreaking to hear that he, he had passed. But what a life he lived. Yeah. Arturo passing away in May and uh, this month. Um, some other trainers that have left us. Peggy Bevan passed away, age 94. Kaz passed away. Uh, Len Kaz Mursky. Uh, Clint Roberts uh, we lost. He was in his 90s. Bob McMeans. Uh, Wanda Spence. Earlier this year, uh, Ray Tracy. And uh, Bonnie Reyes, of course, passed away in the winter. George McIver in January. Uh, it's been kind of a rough year that way. Gene Falls, those of you that go back, uh, that remember Savannah Blue Jeans in the 70s, one of the top mares of that decade at Long Acres, Falls and uh, Jim Manalides owned Savannah Blue Jeans, who was a pretty legendary horse. So uh, we will uh, remember them well from uh, so many great moments in Washington racing history. Um, you know, we... Uh, we could talk a little bit uh, on our list here. We've one, got a, one other one, Joe. I'm sorry to interrupt. Sure. Pat Mullen's a favorite I know of yours, oh, Pat, too. Uh, yeah. Pat uh, passed away. You know, I think he passed away before the first of the year. Oh, okay. And, yeah. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I did, was able to attend his service. Uh, yeah. Just, uh, we did lose Pat. He was, uh, I believe, 92 or 91. Um, didn't make it out last year. The horses ran in his name, just had a little bit of a rough 2019, but uh, just a grand man. You better believe it. He was, I loved to see Pat and talk to him, always had a smile on his face. So uh, yeah, that uh, was another on our list. Um, hey, you know what I've got here? Pet peeves. Pet peeves. You know, we watch a lot of racing and uh, I've got one and you might have one too. So, Oaklawn and uh, Keeneland, I think, are the biggest offenders of this. Why do they have the same colored saddle cloths in stakes races? Vince, why would somebody do that? You know, I I can't give you a good answer for that, but I, I know what you're talking about. And, you know, we've been around a while. We can follow horses pretty well, but with... I do lean on the saddle cloths a lot, you well, know, when course. all else fails to watch a horse. And now, for especially for inexperienced uh, people at the races, we want to teach them how to watch a race and all that. I don't see why you do that. There's no logical reason it's for ridiculous. it. It's ridiculous. So, of course, ever since, uh, you know, our, at, at the end of Long Acres, they were still using all black. But, you know, tracks progressed and let's do it, you know. Yeah. Number one is red, number two is white, and so forth. So, when you get a big race... 
If you want to put the horse's name on the saddlecloth, embroider it, you can do that. If you want to put the name of the big race on the saddlecloth, you can do that. But just use the same darn colors that that we're used to watching. Why? Because of what you said. Okay, if you're betting one horse to win, you can follow your horse from gate to finish. But there are so many exacta, trifecta, superfecta bets where you want to find two or three different horses when they all have the same colored saddle cloth it's a lot harder to pick them out and not everybody has you know the nice little pixels so uh you know i've a lot of uh, learned people in this game say the same thing that uh, it's just ridiculous put the same colors on that you use for every other race and make them all fancy with the embroidery whatever you want to put on them well, but let- don't hurt the fans and their ability to watch no i agree and like why there's there's no logical reason for it but i can give you a little aside on that even um i watched occasionally i'll watch a harness race nothing else is on nothing against it it's just i don't enjoy it as much as thoroughbred racing but Mm. it's fine so i actually made a little wager on a harness race and uh, i uh bet the number six and I got all excited because I saw the black saddlecloth was winning. I did a little whoop. And then only to find out in harness racing, they have different colored saddlecloths they use <laughs> yes. than thoroughbred racing. So I was a loser. Yeah. It's a little disappointing to find that out. But <laughs> so even within racing, we use different uh, different yeah. saddlecloths for, for different breeds. So no, I'm with you on that. I, my, my little one is uh, after a race, what's the most important thing, Joe? Is I think, well, to, obviously to see the, top finishers but also what odds they went off at and a surprising amount of tracks kind of hide that information from you for a while you know oh yeah uh, you're and, right there and especially when you consider over 90 percent of the money is bet right now 100 percent is on uh, off track so you know not everyone is on track and can see has access to the tote board or whatever so get those you know either pan the tote board or get the at least the odds up with the top four finishers Sometimes you actually have to wait till after the race goes official, and then and only then do you get that information. Official but, and fancy replays and all this. Replay. Yeah, I mean, in my way of thinking, that's kind of the most important thing at that given moment going on at the track. So get yeah. it up there. Yeah, we've always done a good job of that here you at Emerald bet. Downs. Uh, get those odds up by the time the gallop outs uh, in the first turn, and uh, yeah, it's very important. There are people wagering on the races, and even if you lost, you still oh wow that horse got bet down to. Five right. to two, or geez, yes. my horse went up to nineteen to one. If he hadn't got stopped, that's you know. right. You're curious, and, yeah. And the winner and uh, all, yeah. It's just uh, it's a huge part of the information. And, and it's give... the the problems you're talking about here, Joe. They're they're pretty easy to solve. So yeah, because know. they eventually go up. Yeah, and Hopefully. and but but same with the saddlecloth. I mean, that could be solved. It's yeah. just let's yeah. uh, let's determine that all track shall do that. Yeah, and uh, we'll continue that particular section next week this is our first uh, podcast here at emerald downs it's uh, northwest horse racing northwest horse racing podcast joe with and vince brune um talking horses and horse racing from emerald downs and again uh opening day scheduled for june 22nd uh, post time uh, yet to be determined now, one thing we can be flexible at, we want to be front and center and uh, present our product to get the most eyes on it. That's sure. key when you don't have fans at the track. You need people watching. You need uh, you need placement out there. So that's one reason we probably won't be racing on weekends until we get fans. At least that's, that's our particular uh, 
uh, schedule right now. So, um, yeah, we, we want to get out there where you can see us and where other people around the country can wager on us as well. It may, might be a little tricky now, Joe, because more tracks are opening up every week as uh, as we swing back into action here at, during the pandemic. Um, so maybe that's probably going to determine it when uh, yes. we begin. Also, you know, the, the condition book for the first four weeks, which is eight days of racing, is up at uh, equibase.com. If any horsemen out there, uh, you want to start trying to figure out where you're going to run your horses, because I don't think we're going to have a hard copy until, again, we get to the phase four. So, uh, but uh, I've been studying it, looking at uh, the first four weeks of, of racing and uh, following the work tab. So, like I said, it's fun to actually be be able to start getting in that mode again where racing is coming. Yep, and we're going to have two-year-olds in action right away as well, as so many of them have been training and getting ready. And uh, we've always had uh, outstanding two-year-old racing here in Washington. Looking forward to that to be a great compliment uh, right when we get going here in a few weeks. Um, the Emerald Racing Club is in effect again this year, and I believe you do have some horses getting ready, more than one. We've got three with Sharon Ross that have been training here for quite a while, and and so, you know, this gets me right in there where I feel a horseman's pain because, and Sharon, of course, does a great job, but right now, all money going out, it costs money to train those horses, you know, and uh, so it'll be fun to actually get to a run for some purse money. So uh, we got three, we've got, get this, Joe, we've got a, a five-year-old maiden mare who's 0 for 25 lifetime, but she's finished second 12 times, wow. including six of 12 on dirt named What a Flirt. So... She'll fit at the bottom level here, probably. And then we got an um, older uh, four-year-old named uh, Templeview, and uh, he's won three of his last four down at Golden Gate. So he'll be pretty fun to get going. And then we got another one that used to race here, has been down at Golden Gate, called How's My Hero. So uh, he'll be in the uh, about $5,000 range, older horse rank. So we got three of them ready to roll. A lot to keep track of. And and, yeah, and, and again, with the racing club, what it lets me know is our horses are pretty much ready to run. So I imagine there's a, you know, usually when we begin in April, some horses are just, you know, getting cranked up or whatever. A lot of them aren't really ready to go. I think we're going to have a lot of horses ready to run once the, we swing open here. Well, again, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Emerald Downs opened for training in early February. Yeah, uh, That's a few months ago now. So we have horses ready. Uh, Thursday morning, uh, May 28th. Uh, 58 horses worked. So, right. We uh, had days where there was uh, 120 workers or whatever. So Jody and Joan have been busy up on that sixth floor as the association clockers. Um, yeah, it's uh, we'll have a lot of horses ready to run uh, when the bell rings. Okay. And once again, if you'd like to wager, and again, not just on your phone, but uh, um, you can watch on Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports 2, has plenty of opportunity for horse racing. And then NBC Sports carries TVG, I know, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yep. Might even be Thursday. But uh, FS1 or FS2 has, uh, uh, it's going to have New York, has Churchill right now, and Tampa. Um, And you can watch there. You can also watch the Fox Sports telecasts on live on YouTube. Just go to YouTube Type in Naira, and you get the the live action from the uh, FS1 or FS2 
And today, of course, they're featuring uh, Churchill Downs for the most part. Firstbet.com. Go to firstbet.com, open up your account, and you can wager from wherever you are with your smartphone, your iPad. Uh, you can wager online. I think you can still even wager with your telephone. Um, you could last, I heard. So there might be one or two people that want to do that. So firstbet.com is an ADW to use. And again, when you make a wager, if you have a Washington address, you're going to help Washington Racing and Emerald Downs uh, purse account. And that is a good thing here in 2020. Okay, that's uh, pretty much a show. Horse Racing Northwest, our podcast from Emerald Downs featuring Joe Withy and Vince Brune. And hope we brought you a little entertainment, a little knowledge. Emerald Downs, not too far away from the 2020 season. Next week, John White will join us. Of course, the Spokane native, been located in Southern Cal since the early 1980s, a regular to Northwest Racing fans through the Win Play show. And, of course, honorary steward for the Long Acres Mile a few years ago. John, uh, just one at the top of the list for Kentucky Derby historians and handicappers. And he's still down there at Santa Anita. Love to get John's expertise. Trivia question every week. Uh, more information on Emerald Downs. We've got some things in the works. And we'll have more on our updated schedule for 2020. Vince, uh, I think you had a couple of horses more to mention that people will want to be watching. All right. Uh, no Talking Back, who rattled off three straight stakes wins in the older Philly and Mare Division uh, last year for... Scott Stevens, Jody Peets, and trainer Chris Densley has been training uh, nicely here. And then our champion three-year-old Philly, a little less talk, had a big year last year. Oh. Second against the boys in the uh, Muckleshoot Derby uh, is back this year. So the, we ha- we're going to have some good depth this yeah. year, Joe. Both a couple of female trainers involved there, as you mentioned, Chris Densley and Rodina Barrett on those two runners. So, yeah, some great returning stars at Emerald Downs, two-year-old racing right off the bat as well when we get started June 22nd. Thanks for listening to Horse Racing Northwest. Another show next week, and I hope to see you then. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first. 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit, and national gambling support line 800-522-4700.